What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the End Credits Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. We really appreciate you being here, letting us take over your earwaves and your day. So thank you so much for allowing us to be part of what you're doing today. Today, we're talking about Edgar Wright's 2007 movie, Hot Fuzz, and I am joined once again by good friend of the show, Phoenix Cloud. And Phoenix, thanks so much for joining me again. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Happy to be here. Let's do uh, it. Let's this is wait. How did they say it? Uh, the second hand is ready to rock and roll. I guess. <laughs> there we go. There we go. This is this is episode twenty six of the End Credits podcast. Woo! Even though we've done twenty six recordings, we are still a new podcast. So, however you are listening to this. If you could, please go back, check out our other episodes. Phoenix and I just did a 90-minute review of Oscar nominations. That is up and ready to go. Um, We do classic movies all the time, just like Hot Fuzz we're doing today. We've done Scarface. We've done Jaws. We've done uh, recent classics as well, like Whiplash and Mad Max Fury Road. And uh, go check us out over on TikTok at Pod. You can go ahead and see my face every day on your phone talking movies and TV. But uh, if you could please do that, we would really, really appreciate it. So, Hot Fuzz, 2007, directed by Edgar Wright. Phoenix, this was your first time watching this, right? It was. This is a movie that's been on my watch list for uh, quite some time. When did, I think this came out in, what, 2014? So... 2007. 2007 oh god yeah so it's been on my watch list since then <laughs> but um i've heard nothing but good things about it obviously it's by uh edgar wright whom you know i fell in love with instantly with scott pilgrim versus the world so uh you know wanted to check out his earlier work which uh still have to see uh world's end and i believe uh, uh Shaun of the dead but uh I've I've heard nothing but great things about Hot Fuzz. So I was like, when you uh suggested this one, I was like, that let's let's knock that off. Let's knock that off the wish list finally. So uh yeah, it was a it was a interesting first watch. <laughs> it certainly was. Um Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are the absolute duo for uh Edgar Wright. That trio has made, I believe, three movies together. Um, and they're hilarious. Is there, I think when you look at just pure comedic directors in Hollywood, um, I think instantly you think Edgar Wright, you think Wes Anderson, um, I don't know who else would be on that list per se for just pure comedy directors that have big hits. Let's just Mm. say, let's just call it how it is, right? That have big hits, not necessarily, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently yes recently yeah. i would say probably or um, who's the guy who did the hangover trilogy uh todd phillips todd phillips jo- yeah, joker director todd phillips yeah, yeah there we go <laughs> yeah um edgar wright known as mostly a comedic director who has transitioned recently to doing maybe more drama films with baby driver and um last night in soho even though both of those have those comedic elements still in it. Um, with Hot Fuzz, I know that you'd mentioned like, hey, let's cross that off the watch list. Let's get to that. 
what were kind of your anticipation levels going in? What were your thoughts going in? Uh, I think I might have confused this movie for Shaun of the Dead <laughs> when I was when uh when I was thinking of it, but uh, cause because it has the same two uh lead actors in it, um, but yeah, cause like at least at, at the start of the movie, I was like, all right, so zombies, yeah, zombies are coming, like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it turned out it was it, that's a different movie, uh, <laughs> but this one was very interesting because like. Like I said, like I had the premises uh, mixed up, but also, so I was going into this with no real knowledge or understanding of what this movie was going to be about. And then to see it, and then, because this is 2007, this is early, early Olivia Coleman. That was just hysterical to see. Uh, <laughs> you also have, uh, who else did I notice was in here uh in the beginning? Oh my god, I can't even I can't even remember their name. But like, yeah, like this was like some of our most honored and cherished British actors <laughs> were in this movie very, you know, say early in their career. Martin Freeman is in here, Bill Nye, uh Peter Jackson makes an appearance, Kate Blanchett has a random <laughs> two-second appearance in here. So Wait, like I missed that. Where is yeah. she? Yeah, it's like I think it's during the um the uh Romeo and Juliet scene. I think she's in there in there for a second or or oh. something like that. I don't know. Uh but yeah, like it's just so crazy to to see so many uh faces that you've grown to recognize and love over the years. And this is one of their earlier films. Also Jim Broadbent, like one of the greatest character actors there is. Dude is fantastic. Uh love him in everything. So yeah, it's just great to see. it was it was great to see and to get this story, which was on a level I really wasn't expecting. I don't watch a lot of British comedies. Uh, <laughs> if you know, what I'm saying that's that's one of those blind spots of mine. But uh, I thought this was I thought this was was pretty good. A, a great introduction to British comedy. If you've never never been there, well, you want to talk about actors popping up that you are just genuinely happy to see for game of thrones fans in hot fuzz there are three pretty big ones first you got patty constantine who is uh king viserys and house of the dragon you've got rory mccann who plays uh the hound in game of thrones and you've got david bradley who plays uh walter frey which are all three crucial very immense characters in the game of thrones universe so for anyone who is a, a got fan watching now of course uh versus <laughs> back when it came out that was pretty cool right. olivia colbin it was it was she was almost hard to recognize because right. <laughs> she is so young she's so young that like and of course too with the with the supporting cast members that are police officers they frequently have things over their face and i feel like she just wasn't shown as much as maybe um patty and some of the other people but yeah i noticed that too and i was like oh wow this is this is a <laughs> remarkable remarkable cast yeah but um getting into this story edgar wright as far as career um you know, where did this movie come out? So Shaun of the Dead came out before this, which a lot of people think is his first ever movie, which is just 
blatantly not true. Um, <laughs> his first ever movie is called A Fistful of Fingers that came out in 1995. It's supposed to be a parody of A Fistful of Dollars. Um, <laughs> and it does not have a high budget. You can very clearly tell that this is like him trying to put his work out there so someone can support him. Um, you look at Following by Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's first directorial debut. And, and Following is a movie that people are like, oh my God, I can't believe Christopher Nolan made this with the money that he was given. He only had, you know, 2,500 or whatever it was, money to make this movie. And it's still pretty good. Everything you can say about that is the exact opposite for what A Fistful of Fingers is for Edgar Wright. This looks like a high schooler made this movie. It is genuinely appalling. Um, And I don't want to sit here and just slam him, but it's funny to to see kind of how far things go. So Fistful of Fingers was number one. Then he goes to Shaun of the Dead. Then he goes to Hot Fuzz. So this was his third movie. Um, And... I think the experience certainly shows. I think the experience certainly shows where how much growth he had in between his first movie, A Fistful and Hot Fuzz, 12 year difference. This seems like a very veteran movie in how it is at least production wise, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't seen a fistful of I haven't seen a fistful of fingers, but um just looking at like stills of it, like the difference between that and and this is day and night, like tr- tremendous. Um, I was thinking particularly of the scene of uh, Scott Pegg's character as he's like, what, you've never taken a shortcut before? And he like leaps over like multiple uh, fences and stuff. And I was like, that is such a great shot. And just the quality of stunt work and camera work and editing in in that single shot, I, I'm like, yeah, you you know that you have stepped up a great deal <laughs> from where you started in just that single shot. So like, yeah, you can definitely tell the production has shifted. I think one of the big things with Edgar Wright movies is you know you're going to be in for a beautifully edited movie too, mm. with just it's just part of his humor, right? Like, right. It's very similar. So Wes Anderson humor is very quick witted dialogue. Mm-hmm. And you feel like all the characters were just injected with Red Bull before they got on. set. <laughs> it's the same thing with Edgar Wright. Only you feel like the editor got injected with Red Bull before he <laughs> to cut these clips. I mean, with, uh, with Edgar Wright movies, obviously the characters do talk a little fast as well. And there's certainly some quick witty dialogue, but you feel like the cuts are what makes a lot of this happen, especially um, when there are action scenes, when there's just sitting in the pub talking, you know, the cuts aren't as grand, but even things like Simon Pegg's character looking across the room at someone who's across the pub and the, the quick zoom in edit. And then the cut back to him, like, Everything is so over the top edited, but over the top in the best ways that truly enhances your experience. Shaun of the Dead's the same way. Scott Pilgrim is 1000% the same way. It's probably (laughs) the best example of that. Um, But the editing, 
remarkable in almost all of his films. You know, it was crazy too because I was like, it was something I really had to get used to uh, as I was watching this film because I'm like, um, I just I like I that quick cut, uh, you know, camera just twirling around every few seconds. I was like, okay, this is a (laughs) this is a choice uh, (laughs) here, but I was like, I was like, I guess. Okay, how can I put it? It didn't hurt the movie, but it was, I think, an unnecessary choice, right? You know what I'm saying? I get it. It was like, we need to get to these moments quicker. You know what I'm saying? And like, Mm -hmm. not just quicker, but like super quick. Like, but the thing about it is, is I'm like, I don't feel like that aesthetic serves the movie because once, once you get through it all, right, it's not... Yeah, it's not it's not a style that I'm like, okay, for this story, like we needed it everything to be sharp and really fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's not a mystery. Is is is? I mean, although it kind of is, it kind of like, is. Yeah, yeah, it kind it kind of is. But I'm like, so sometimes it worked. I don't know. Sometimes it just felt abrupt and and showy. You know what I'm saying? Kind of just flashy. Especially in the beginning, that that's really where my complaints are. It's like in the beginning of the movie, where we're like, you know, he's sitting there, he's talking to his superior, and he's like, "Oh, you do you want to talk to you know the inspector?" Sure, whoosh, the inspector's here. Like, like it's like okay, it's like, it's like you want to talk to the chief inspector? Sure, whoosh, like it's like okay, like we don't need to do that. <laughs> like it's just a bit extra a little bit over the top um i get it you're trying to get you know to you're trying to get him to sanford uh relatively quickly i don't know maybe maybe they had like 20 minutes of extra footage and they were like we don't need all of this and we got to find a quicker way to get get through it all but uh yeah i don't know i just i didn't find it conducive to the the overall product once it was once it was finished it's a style it's a choice and it's certainly a, a choice, and I think you know it ultimately paid off. But I do think it was a little weird in the beginning. I mean, fair enough. I uh, I'm with you on that. I I think the style is totally what makes it. This is the style that I feel like Free Guy was going for. Only <laughs> Edgar Wright is obviously a master at this. Mm-hmm. Um, the story here. I feel like we talk all the time about comedies nowadays and this is from 2007 so it's not even i mean it's a relatively older movie mm-hmm. by today's decade, standards yeah. yeah um i feel like comedies nowadays just completely sideline the story for as much comedy as possible um you look at some comedies that came out this year are any of them particularly memorable uh let's see uh, I know your favorite, your favorite comedy, Bros. That that was a joke, and it was a really bad one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like uh, the only comedy, well, I mean, some of, I guess you could consider those comedies, but I don't think that's the first uh, notion you would put on them. Oh Jesus! Uh, I guess the only comedy I I would I've seen is. Triangle of Sadness, but I guess that's not purely comedy. Uh, <laughs> or 
uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. Yeah, like that, that's a perfect example. Un unbearable weight, perfect example of going for it all comedically and no humor whatsoever. Mm -mm. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Going for it no all story. comedically, no story whatsoever. Big diff. Yeah. Big diff from what I was trying to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I feel like the story here is great. I mean, does that mean? We, but I still really, really um, enjoyed the story and all the twists and turns throughout. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You you froze for a second there. Um, I don't know why I'm. I don't know why I'm frozen. But yeah. uh. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know why I'm frozen. But we could we could continue. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the story is what worked for me the most, uh, because even like, and again, this, this comes to style. I was like, in the beginning, the story was genuinely like not sitting well with me because, uh, Timothy Dalton's character, Simon Skinner, I mean, you want to talk about just playing the villain, like, you know, saying? like playing up the villainy. I was like, this dude is like over the top. Like, you know, what is like? I'm I'm a slasher. I need to be stopped. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like he's like he tells a girl like we should bash your head in. Like, well, wait a second. Like, he's so giving away the game that he's the bad guy. I was like, I was like, what? Like, I was like. And like as it went on, I was just like, dude, just arrest this dude. Like it's so painfully obvious it's him. I'm like, come on. But when we get to the the reveal of who it actually is, I was like, actually, you know what? That's that's a lot more satisfying. So like I love how they sort of uh circumvent your expectations. Cause like it's it's I'm like, even I was like, even I was like it's too obvious that it's him that it that it can't be him but i'm like at the same time i'm like no it's probably him <laughs> so to get the to get the the ultimate twist at the end was immensely satisfying yeah um i think they did a good job of keeping you on your toes to the point where they were like yeah it is not him but we want you to think it is, but it's not because they have the scene where Simon Pegg's character goes in and um, goes in there and interrogates him with the rest of the police force. But then they check his legs and there's nothing there. Police. Service. I like. <laughs> yes. Police service. That's part of the part of the joke. <laughs> um, I, I think they did a really good job keeping you guessing on who the, the man in the mask was the entire time. And, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the big reveal. What do you think? What do you think of the big reveal of it all? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And it made it made perfect sense. Uh, you know, because like, it, especially in the way they tell this story, like these neighborhood watch people, you know, what I'm saying they're 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 unsuspecting. They're charming. That like they seem very fun loving, you know, like they like they come across very genuine. Their complaints are so silly, 
you're like, oh, you're mad at a at a statue, man. Oh, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're letting kids go to the pub. It's it's great. I'm like, yeah, like these these they're so unsuspecting that it it's it when it's finally revealed that it's them. And not only that it's them, but that their reasoning is hilarious. Like it's like it's like, no, we have to live in this in this perfect society and anything, anything that that slightly, you know, alters that even in the slightest has to be put down. I think that's fantastic. I I liked. Yeah, I liked that the chief inspector was in on it, that that's probably the best part of it. And what made the most sense um, was that chief inspector was in on it because it, it really encapsulates why so much of this story the killers were able to get away with. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it too, you feel like Simon Pegg's character is really the only person who's ever really advocating for change to happen. Um and you could see why at the end, because the chief inspector's in on it. And even for a time too, they make you think that um they make you think I'm sorry. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the End Credits Podcast. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. My name is Nathan Pig. I am joined by frequent friend of the show, Mr. Phoenix Cloud. And Phoenix, how are you, my friend? I'm excellent, sir. How about yourself? You know, I'd be a lot better if our uh, recording right before this didn't <laughs> didn't have some uh, difficulties, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm doing well. Today we're talking about Edgar Wright's 2007 film, Hot Fuzz. Yes. So however you are listening to this, thanks so much for clicking on this episode, letting us be part of your day. This is episode 26 of the End Credits podcast. We are still growing as a show. So if you would, please go ahead and check out our other episodes. We've done classic movies. We've done recent movies. And Phoenix and I just did a whole long episode on the Oscar nominations and reviewing those talking about our thoughts there, the snubs, the surprises, everything in between. And however you're listening to this, um, if you enjoy it, please go ahead and check us out on TikTok at end credits pod. You see my face on your phone every single day. Who would turn that down? Right. Talking <laughs> about all things movies and TV related over on TikTok at end credits pod. So, Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright. Phoenix, I presented you a couple of movies that we could do today, and mm-hmm. you were just jumping at the gun to do Hot Fuzz. And um, tell us, what was uh, so interesting on why you wanted to talk about it? Uh, like, a, well, <laughs> uh, I loved uh, Baby Driver. Like, the Baby Driver is probably my favorite Edgar Wright film Uh as of right now um and uh and obviously scott pilgrim is probably just right up there so this is one of this is one of those directors who's like style really just appeals to me uh so i was like you know hot fuzz is one of his movies it's a movie that's been on my watch list forever i was like 
you know what? I gotta check. I I really want to check this one out because I really want to. I really want to see everything that Edgar Wright has done. Um, so I was like, yeah, Hot Fuzz. It's been on my watch list. It's definitely something I want to check out. It's by a director who I whose work I appreciate. So yeah, that that was really the motivation. Is I really wanted to see the rest of this guy's work. Well, I don't know if you want to check out everything he's done. The, uh, <laughs> the first movie he ever made, his first feature film, is called A Fistful of Fingers. He did not have a ton of funding for it, and that's evident. It shows that he did not have a ton of funding for it. And um, that project is embarrassing. If I <laughs> if I, I personally were Edgar Wright, I would work tirelessly, tirelessly to get that thing erased from existence because it is... <laughs> It's embarrassing. Um, a lot of people think Shaun of the Dead is his first movie. It's not. Um, Shaun of the Dead is number two. And then Hot Fuzz was his third movie that he did. And I think that the Phoenix, we were talking offline about this, that this seems like a very veteran style direction, right? Like mm-hmm. when you look at filmmakers in their second, their third movie, more often than not, you still see quite a bit of rougher around the edges yeah Yeah. rust rough around the edges some things that i'm not saying that every director's third movie is bad by any means but it doesn't look like how tight and complete this production is on hot fuzz yeah and and i mean i I still haven't seen Shaun of the dead so i don't know uh exactly how uh it changes from from that movie to this one but I can definitely tell the the difference between this and Fistful of Fingers is night and day. Like, like is is really and and the production design it, the you could just see the money is going to all the right places when it when it comes to this film. It's going to to the to the right editors. It's going to the right production designers. It's going to the right stunt people. You know, saying because it all brings everything together in a mm-hmm. in a cleaner, more cohesive way than it would be on your on your typical low budget film. Yeah, absolutely. You brought up the editing, which is fantastic. In Edgar Wright movies, you know you're going to be in for a tremendous amount of editing in all the best ways. I feel like whoever the editor is on this movie just gets injected with Red Bull before they go in to cut these clips. And Edgar Wright is just in the room like, no, 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 we got to have more. Let's, <laughs> let's take that shot and then and then get the quick cut. Like, even yeah. it's the simple things in these productions. Like, you take early on in the film when Simon Pegg is at the bar for the first time and he finds all the underage kids there. Even him noticing, it's like, it's like a whoosh sound and then the camera zooms in super quick. And then the next second he's right there on the, on the kid and right next to him. And it's like, how old are you? Get out. And like the editing is just there's so much. Yeah. It's dramatic and it's, it's all over the place, but in all the best ways. Absolutely. I, I, I can definitely agree with that. Like, and, and yeah, like this, the style of it, I think is, fascinating um i i can't say that i gelled with it the entire time uh i just i felt some of that some of that quick cut uh camera like i didn't mind so much quick cuts but i think doing the camera maneuvers with it 
was like just a tad bit unnecessary. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and especially for like that first hour of the movie, it's like, it's like, oh, we're going over here. No, we're going over here. And it was like, it's like, okay, I don't think we need to do that. <laughs> like, like you can do the quick cut, uh, you know, editing style. Like, I just think that the, the, the swinging of the camera, uh, repeatedly because it happened so much in that first hour i was just like i'm not loving that aspect <laughs> of it um like i think it was just overused I, I wouldn't have mind mind it so much uh if it was you know toned down a bit but i think it was grossly overused especially in that first hour well the editing and the cinematography and just how quick everything moves in really all of Edgar Wright's films, everything just moves so quick that they are able to fit an incredible amount of stories into yeah. two hours. And most of Edgar Wright's movies are around 90 minutes anyway. So mm -hmm. they are able to fit a tremendous amount in just that small window to the point where I had to pause it to go to the bathroom and get some food. And I was only an hour in it. And I genuinely was like, oh my God, this has <laughs> only been an hour. Yeah. No, I was that... thinking about I was thinking about holding it because there was only 20 minutes left and there's a whole nother hour, which is good and it's bad. When you're not necessarily I, I think it's good from a standpoint of you're not feeling the runtime. Like when you pause it and you're like, oh my God, there's an hour left. You're not saying it like, oh, kill me. I've already <laughs> been suffering through this. Right. And I have to watch another hour. It's more so like, oh, my God, I, I felt like there's been 90 minutes of story already. Right. But because they just fly. That that was me at the 47 minute mark. I was like, you, you're kidding. This has only been 47 minutes. Like, dude, I thought we were uh, like legit thought we were an hour and a half in. I was like. I was like, like if this were a three-hour movie, I, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Like, like at this pace, like absolutely, you could have packed in as much as you wanted with this editing style. I just, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I wasn't a a fan of it, and you can tell that as Edgar Wright moved on, in in you could definitely see in Scott Pilgrim and in Baby Driver. He did clean that up a bit where it wasn't so ex excessive and, you know what I'm saying? And he was able to tone it down. And I think those two, like I said, those two films are my two favorites. And I think that's where he, he really got it right uh, in terms of that, that, that editing style and using that quick camera cuts. I think he got it right in those two films. I've not seen The World's End, but I've seen every other one of his movies, including A Fistful of Fingers. And um, I think Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim are the two that are just the most eccentric as far as <laughs> quick cuts, editing, cinematography being disorienting, and just like you better be in for how, yeah. how much style is going to happen in these movies. Shaun of the Dead's like that a little bit, but toned down. And then and once we hit Baby Driver, assuming the world ends is like this, I don't know. Um, Baby Driver kicks off the more mature films mm -hmm. from Edgar Wright. And even though you and I disagree on Last Night in Soho, it certainly is a very, very different type of feel than what Hot Fuzz is. Oh, most certainly. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
yeah it's a that's interesting uh and, and this is something that i should bring up a little little off topic here but like uh I, like i said I, i've seen i've seen baby driver i've seen scott pilgrim i've now seen hot fuzz uh I did not like last night in Soho. Last night in Soho was was probably you know Edgar Wright's worst day at the office in in my opinion, other um, than a fistful of fingers. Right, probably. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think it's interesting too that like you know I saw that obviously I saw that what was it last year two years ago or something like that. Um, it was it was so bad to me that like I could see somebody being like, yeah, I never want to watch another Edgar Wright film ever. All right. Like, All like, right. like legit, because it was that it, it really right. turned people off. But I'm like, I feel so glad that I watched Hot Fuzz because now I'm like, yeah, sometimes a director can have an off night. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they can have a miss. But that does not mean that that negates their entire body of work. And like, that's why I'm like, Hot Fuzz scott pilgrim baby driver he still he still has all of these and he he's knocked it out of the park consistently so even though there there was one miss that doesn't mean that you know you throw the whole baby out with the bath water like so i i think he did i think he did one misstep but hopefully he'll correct it in the future and, uh, and i'm looking forward to more of his work well let's clarify one misstep in your eyes in we my do, eyes yes we do have one fan of last night in soho mm-hmm. on this show um i thought last night in Soho was great but let's be honest like edgar wright comedy is his forte that's his strong suit and by no means does that mean he has to solely stick to that um i absolutely love when directors take on a new challenge and and try and do something different just like when you know, star celebrity, star athletes take on politics, take mm. on community aspects, just like when um, star uh, singers and and artists that use music full time take on acting, stuff like that. So I really like similar vein when directors completely challenge themselves to go outside the box that they normally operate. You talk about Olivia Wilde with Don't Worry Darling and you know, book smart doing that type of film to, right. to don't worry, darling, a completely different science fiction movie. Um, that didn't necessarily land the ship, but I'm glad that she at least tried. Yeah, and um, Edgar Wright so far has landed the ship dramatic wise for me. Um, despite comedy being being his strong suit, I thought a lot of the dialogue was great. Obviously, with comedy, dialogue is a big part of that. Of course, there are funny things as well when it comes to visual humor. We'll talk about that. But the dialogue's got to be there from a comedy side. And I thought a lot of it was great. Of course, Nick Frost's character provides right. a lot of those comedic aspects. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it, too, is just sarcasm coming from either um, Simon Pegg or a variety of other different characters. No, the dialogue, I think, is the highlight of this movie uh there's so many incredible lines like in truly incredible lines and and i have to i have to say like like i said i don't see a lot of british comedies uh so like i don't know if this is like per the norm i guess for for british comedy dialogue but like so much of this stuff was unbelievably funny <laughs> like gut bustingly funny 
I was I was I was in tears. There was a lot of this that was just great. You know, it's like it's like he's he's declared himself judge, jury, and execute an executioner. It's like he's not judge, Judy, and executioner. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, bro, this is this is everything. There's there's so many more that are just just ridiculous. Uh yeah, I I loved loved the dialogue here. And it is so funny hearing it come out of the people that it comes out of you know what i'm saying like these are elder statesmen you know what I'm saying just saying the most foul you know things ever uh, the priest just oh man there's so much great stuff here like <laughs> they are literally one of the most important jobs in the town in the country and most of the employees treat it like it's um dead end job that they need to punch out of the clock and right. go get hammered as soon as it's over. Like <laughs> uh you know the a lot of the side cops, there's one where uh they're working overtime investigating one of the murders and one of them's like, yep, just thinking about how I should have been at the pub already. And it's yeah. like, someone just died. Like, You're right. <laughs> like in a, in a pretty brutal way actually. Yeah. Like like you've got his entire skull caved in like you know let's have a little bit of less uh let's less rush to the to the pub i guess i don't know (laughs) let's uh let's spend a minute talking about this cast simon Pegg and nick frost they are the duo for um several of edgar wright's movies the world's end Shaun of the dead and they do a fantastic job i feel like their chemistry is just immense and yeah. then you look at uh, Jim Broadbent and Patty Constantine, Olivia Coleman, uh, Timothy Dalton, Edward Woodward. There's a lot, a lot of recognizable people in this movie. I know personally for me, Game of Thrones fan, um, there's three pretty big Game of Thrones actors in this with Patty Constantine and, and Rory McCann and then David Bradley. So I wasn't expecting any of those people to be in this. So that was certainly a... Uh, a nice surprise for that, but you even mentioned too that Kate Blanchett's in this, and I had Blanchett no idea. Is in everything. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god, she's I the don't greatest. Know where she came from. I don't like it. It's not a major, uh, like you know, spot. It's it's a blink and you miss it cameo by Kate Blanchett, but it's just hilarious to me. Like I'm like Kate Blanchett is just like yeah, you know, you need me to come in one day. So you can shoot like you know one side of my face for two seconds sure like like the fact that she she even decides to 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 do that i just i i she's insane i I love kate Blanchett. she's she's one of the greatest so <laughs> she is she is simon pegg's um ex-girlfriend or ex-wife that is right in, that's investigating the, oh. the murder at the beginning and she's got her face covered with the mask and everything where you only see her eyes you know what's so funny is i was like i wonder who that is but i'm not gonna look until unless like i wonder who that is but i'm not gonna look just in case they come back later i'll be like oh it's that person and now i'm discovering here live on the show that it's her i think that that scene was hilarious too right at the beginning where he walks in and he's like talking to her but it's just some random guy and he's like oh she's over there (laughs) he's like oh because they're all they got the right. they got the hood over their head and then they've got the masks. It was that was just funny. Um, yeah. so well cast here, so well cast in this oh, movie. Oh yeah, incredibly well cast. And, and 
just the fact that you threw that in. I can't believe that was her. Like I was like, I was like, I don't know where she's at in the movie. But yeah, no, she was Janine. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> um, one thing that I feel like Hot Fuzz does very well is its story. It's not a mm-hmm. clear cut, perfect story by any means, but it's an engaging story. And I feel like a lot of comedies lately do not have that. You look at comedies like let's think about maybe some of the best pure comedies that came out in this past year, 2022. You look at unbearable weight of massive talent. You look at Bob's burgers, you look at bros, which I know that you and I do not like a lot of those stories really drag or just downright, not good. And I feel like comedies nowadays really sell out for complete comedy and push story to the side. It's almost rare that we find these comedies that have a compelling story. Now, I don't love every single thing in this story, but um, I definitely, definitely enjoy the mystery aspect to it. I enjoy the people who are actually getting killed. Like, I love a good movie with stakes. And this was just, it, it was a good story for what it was trying to accomplish. Oh, 100%. And like, the the story, I think, I think works really on on a on a grand scale level because not only do you have this sort of murder mystery aspect to it and then you have great comedy on top of it i think the thing that makes the story work too is that it has a great why you know what i'm saying like why is this happening why does this matter um it it has it has a great one like the the picture perfect idyllic town right like how do you achieve that and the basis that this this particular town went with is murder like you like you achieve that through murder and and a grand conspiracy that keeps everyone quiet that makes sure no one ever uh you know considers it like i think uh peg's character says at one time like why do you think the murder rate is so low, but the accident rate is so high. It's like, it's like, dude, like this is not, this is not unintentionally happening. This is purposeful. And I think that's a great thing, a great twist of this story because it's like, anytime you see those picturesque, perfect, oh, we're a quiet, sandy town. Like it's what everybody's aiming for, what everybody's trying to get to. And it's like quietly, you know, there, 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 there could be some, some secrets hidden there as to why that is, and, uh, and I just thought, I just thought that was brilliant. I just thought that was a brilliant way of telling the, this particular story. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The story here is fresh, and I think that's Edgar Wright as a writer is one of the better comedic writers we have working today. Now, a lot of people forget Edgar Wright was supposed to be the original director on Ant Man. Mm-hmm. And he's actually still credited as one of the writers, but um, he came to a disagreement with Marvel about the direction of where Ant-Man should go. So he ultimately left the project. But um, yeah, he was supposed to do Ant-Man, which is wild. Oh, yeah. I mean, his version would have been very different from what Marvel was looking for. So that's the old, that's the reason he left. But I would have loved to have seen it. I, I How think dare. that would have been very interesting. How dare he? How dare he venture from the Marvel <laughs> Marvel origin story template? How dare he? 
Um, one thing that I do want to talk about is just the overall reveal of whom the killer or killers are. <laughs> and it turns out that it's pretty much everyone in the whole community. <laughs> it's pretty much out of all of them. Um, right. What did you think of that? What did you think of the reveal? How it played out? I loved it. Like, absolutely loved it. Uh, especially because earlier in the movie, we're, we're led to believe that Simon Skinner is, you know, is the killer. And, like, I gotta say, that's probably the one aspect of the film that I'm not a fan of, is, like, how hard they lean into that. Like, they lean into it hard. To the point where you're like, okay, he definitely knows something. Like, like something. But, like, because they, they just lean into it way, just way too hard. So I was like, that's something I'm not a fan of. But, uh, so when we get the ultimate reveal, not only is it you know, the entire neighborhood watch, which I, I find absolutely brilliant. But it's it's also the reason why they're doing it is like, oh, no, we didn't. It wasn't like grand scheme of, of like, you know, land developing or, you know, nothing like that. It was it was this person was a bad actor. This person uh, had a big house that we didn't like. This person couldn't spell like it's like what I I think that's even better like like even better because it's like it's like not only are you going for this idyllic uh picturesque picture perfect town but like the indiscretions are like so slight and it's like worthy of murder i think that is genius (laughs) they take you out for anything you do anything wrong they take you out yeah um I really liked that the chief of police was in on it as well, mm-hmm. because that makes a lot of sense on the back end for why certain things play out the way that they do. Maybe why the police force, the police squad, whatever, is not as service. Um, police the service. police service, thank you, <laughs> is not as um, reactionary as they should be. Um, so Edgar Wright. He wanted to make a cop film because he said there isn't really a traditional cop films in the UK. Mm. He said that every other country in the world had its own tradition of cop movies and the UK had none. So Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, who was also a writer on this movie, um, took 18 months to write the script and perfect it. And they watched 138 cop related (laughs) movies. They watched a hundred and movies in order to master the dialogue and kind of get the feel for the film. Mm-hmm. Additionally, they interviewed over 50 police officers, which is hilarious. Um, one thing I want to talk about too is how often they reference point break, which oh, Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix, you and I just did Point Break about a month ago. I absolutely love that movie. I already want to rewatch it. Um, (laughs) And they reference Point Break all the time, which is so funny because we had just seen it and we understood all the references. Whereas if we wouldn't have seen it, it kind of would have been a spoiler for the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Um, But they said that the title is based on – uh, the various two word titles of action films in the nineties and eighties. So like lethal weapon and, and right. point break and, and bad boys and copland. Like right. they did 
So that's what he did. He, it was very much an inspiration. So um, even in the decision-making process of why this movie is the way that it is, Edgar Wright is still funny in just how he goes about right. making his decisions, which is so funny. 138 um, cop movies. I can't imagine. I like, couldn't. I don't. I couldn't get to fifty. That would be. I probably have seen maybe one hundred thirty eight cop movies in my lifetime, but I can't imagine watching one hundred thirty eight cop movies in eighteen months. Oh, I would kill myself. Oh my god, right. that's a lot. Over the over the span of eighteen months, if you told me I had to watch one hundred thirty eight cop movies, that I couldn't do it. Ugh. I couldn't do it. Oh, that's, that's just too much. That's that's close to eight a month eight oh, cop wow. movies a month which is the same kind of uh uh oh my oh god no. right. <laughs> and you know like i mean you'd start with like the the creme de la creme you know you'd start with the diehards and the bad boys and then by the yep. like month 17 you're like oh god what's left it's like it's like steven seagal movies oh god <laughs> I wonder if they would have watched 21 Bridges if it had been out at the oh, time. Probably, yeah. Ugh, yuck. Jesus. Um, I loved the um, the swan reference. I loved that the swan <laughs> just kept making this cameo and ultimately played a pivotal role in the end. I, I loved everything to do with the swan and even the... Um, the hotel that Simon Peck stays in is called the Swan Hotel. Ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> and there's like a um, statue of a swan right outside his room. So definitely some neat little production cameos in there. Mm-hmm. I just thought the whole swan thing was just hilarious. The the other thing that I loved, and again, like I this is this must be a totally British reference, but the 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 characters who spoke in like like garbled english like you could barely understand <laughs> oh like yo but by the end of the movie he he like could figure out what they were saying i was like i i love that i i think that is that is a very english reference but i i i love that that was so funny oh my god um <laughs> okay so of the edgar wright movies you've seen where does this hot fuzz rank it it is top three, uh, but it is third because, like I said, Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim are right up there. But uh, yeah, this is third. But I, I love this. I could I could totally rewatch this over and over again. I think it's it's so funny, and you can see the homages, which I really love. Right, obviously the Point Break stuff is there mm-hmm. nonstop. But like, there's one particular scene that is like purely from Bad Boys. You're like, that's hysterical. Uh, there's a couple of like Lethal Weapon references, which are hysterical. There's a 48 Hours uh, reference, like towards the end, which I find just priceless. Uh, like it, it like that opening montage where he's talking about all the different things and the way he learned, and it's like. That is literally like 20 different cop movies <laughs> put together. So I'm like, it's just brilliant. I, like in terms of how this movie was constructed and the story that it tells, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with it. I think in terms of how Edgar Wright makes a film, I love his entire structure of, of coming to, to what he came to. 
for for at least the, those three films that I mentioned. For me, I think it's just outside my top three. I think it's sitting at number four. Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, Last Night in Soho, for me, are going to top it. Um, the story was fantastic. It wasn't all the way there for me to make me absolutely love it, but I had a great time. Um, any final thoughts, Phoenix, on Hot Fuzz? Um, it has made me interested in British comedy, and I hope we get to explore some more British comedy films. Uh, you know, obviously, I definitely want to see Shaun of the Dead now, um, but also, you know, other other British comedies that you know were done by other artists. Because I think I think this is an untapped uh pool here, and and it's a it's a movie blind spot for me. So I would definitely love to dive more into that into that world, into that style, and and you know, just brush up on on my taste in that area. Absolutely. So, um, what's the final score for Hot Fuzz? Ooh. I'll kick it off. Yeah. I'm going with a four out of five, four stars okay. out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were to look at it, it's much closer to a four and a half than it is yeah. to a three and a half. Um, I'm going to stick with a four for now. It's four out of five for me. Fantastic. So funny. You talk about movie movies to throw on at a party. Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Oh this is yeah, for sure, for sure, one of them. This is if you're just flipping through cable and it's on, you Must probably watch. will watch. You yeah. probably will watch a few scenes. Um, this was so much fun. This was so much fun, and I'm excited to check out The World's End, which is the last I you're right movie I have to see. But a four out of five for me. Yeah, th- to me, this is tough because I think legitimately I would like I don't know legit you know uh, as objectively as possible I would say it's probably a four four star film but I also think like speaking of another movie that I love one of the movies I love that you're not too fond of right uh Clue right Clue is an objectively probably two star movie (laughs) right but I can turn on Clue and watch it anytime every time no matter what i there was a string i think for about a month where i watched it every night like before i went to sleep like legit i love that movie i feel that same way about this like it's probably as objectively as i can get it probably a four-star movie but my appreciation and love and the 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 comfort that i have with it i'm like i could watch this all the time is like Kind of pushing it into like five star territory for me, but I'm a I'm a I'm a comfortably sit with a four star. It could go to four and a half as well, but yeah, I'm a I'm a sit it with a four star. But this is a movie that I feel like I feel like you could cuddle up with every night. <laughs> like like that's how that's how I feel about it. I think like this is a warm blanket of a movie, and I like and I love it. All right. So what what score did you give it? I'm settled on a four star. All right. Perfect. Well, that is our review of Hot Fuzz, a four from both of us. And Phoenix, tell everyone where they can get more of you. 
Well, no, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at uh, I'm HO Reviews One. That's the number one, and on Letterbox under PA Cloudin. And check out my other show, uh, Film Co Podcast, uh, that I host with uh, my my friends Brandon and Zach. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Co Pod. Uh, yeah, check us out. Yeah, those do those guys do a great job over there. So make sure you give them a listen. Shout out to our executive producer Jack Feifner putting all of our episodes out there on the internet so they can thanks, be listened Jack. to you today. Mm-hmm. So yes, thanks so much to Jack for all his incredible work. Phoenix, frequent friend of the show, will be back. However you're listening to this, please go ahead check out our other episodes. Check us out on TikTok at End Credits Pod. We would really appreciate that. My name is Nathan Pig. Thank you so much for being here. Listen to the End Credits Podcast from Jack, from Phoenix, from myself. This has been the End Credits Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.